Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey friend, before we get into today's episode, I just want to give you a quick, quick reminder on how you can support this podcast, Infertility and Me. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave a five-star rating and review in Apple iTunes. And you can also do it now in Spotify and leave five stars for your favorite infertility, fertility podcast. Now we can get into the episode. Welcome to Infertility and Me podcast, a show that amplifies diverse stories about the struggles of infertility and fertility in a safe space. Our goal is to normalize fertility stories that validate, give hope, and create a community where no one is left silently suffering. Welcome back y'all to Infertility and Me podcast. I'm your host Monique. Thank you so much for being here with me. Thank you for letting me be a part of your day. Today's guest is named Ms. Brittany Jackson. She is a media personality as well as a podcast host too. The name of her podcast is called Fertility Ain't Fair. So make sure you guys check it out, listen to it, get into her story, get into the guests that she has. And you can also find her on Instagram as well. And so Brittany and her husband began their family expansion in the late summer of 2017 when Brittany stopped taking birth control. They were already engaged and had been in their relationship for some time. And they decided, hey, well, let's just go off of birth control and see what happens. And so in today, episode Brittany shared with us her journey where she is today because she's still in the midst of it she hasn't actually started IVF yet but she's been through multiple multiple cycles of IUI that are medicated and non-medicated she also shared with us her endometriosis diagnosis and how that came about it was very shocking way that it came to that she came to being diagnosed with endometriosis and she had had painful periods for many many years and there was no explanation for it and then before that before her endometriosis diagnosis she was diagnosed with recurrent cysts as well as fibroids and so she also offers some, some very very wise wise words on how to go through this thing called infertility and how we can be better at 
dealing with our partners as well and how we can be better for ourselves and being made whole while we're still in the midst of it. And when I say being made whole, I mean emotionally and mentally being as stable as possible. And then the other part of Brittany's story that she shares and being a new bonus mom as well as a wife. So she shares a lot with us today. She's very open with us and her story will inspire you to get help if you need it and to also stay mindful of how you're feeling mentally and emotionally and how it is being manifested in you and through you. And so listen to the entire episode and stick around to hear all of Brittany's story and then her inspiration for creating the podcast and platform Fertility Ain't Fair. And you can also find that on Instagram just to reiterate. And we'll be back in just a moment with Brittany. So thank you guys. We're back with our girl Brittany. Thank you so much, girl, for coming on the pod and sharing with us where you are right now because you're still in the thick of things. Girl, I am. And it's like, I'm in it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So I appreciate you so, so very much. It's not easy at all, as you know, to talk about it while you're still in the midst of it. And it's very difficult to get others to share while they're in the middle of it on a public platform, you know, and you being in the media you, I'm pretty sure you've experienced times where people haven't wanted to do the thing that they said that they were going to do. You know what I yep, mean? So yep. I appreciate you for showing up um, despite it all. Yes. <laughs> I'm excited. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Pleasure is all mine. I am um, a real big advocate for representation. So when I saw your podcast, I was like, oh, I got to find her. I got to <laughs> find her, get her on the show for more representation for brown girls, for black girls yes. everywhere. And so I'm just going to go ahead with a icebreaker question like I normally do. And is there anything that you can or that you've been doing right now? that makes you lose track of time something that doesn't require you know like outside of work purposes and family purposes or maybe it does include family something that makes you lose track of time lose track of time okay it's real corny (laughs) no 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 no. i can lose track of time when i'm watching hallmark movies and mystery channel Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna lie to you that's like my little my little space and it's, it's not the regular Hallmark. It's, it's the Movies and Mysteries channel in particular. Mm-hmm. Because I'm, I'm good for a little mystery, like a little little suspense. And actually, it happened over the weekend. I was like, oh, I'm on like episode five, my little series. I missed it because it was holiday time. And so yes. that for me is one of my little escapes. And I can just like, you know, focus on this little mystery <laughs> and yes, figure out who yes. done it. So that's one of my little my little things. <laughs> <laughs> and they still show like all the old reruns of like Murder She Wrote, all the shows we grew up on, you know, eighties and nineties babies. They have the cutest little holiday movies like you were just talking about and such. So, oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that. So, in the midst of being in the thick of infertility, have you found yourself being going to that more since you guys started in twenty seventeen? I won't say that in particular because that's always been mm-hmm. stable for me, but mm-hmm. other things. I have had to make sure that I dived more into to, you know, Mm -hmm. have a release, have an escape, have a a space to just be and, and, you know, stop the brain from spiraling, as I say. So Mm -hmm. there's other things that I've picked up over the last, like, was it five years now, you know, to help in that space for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And how did you guys meet? You and her? How did y'all meet? How did that happen, girl? Give us a tea. Girl, we met at work, which was like a no-no. Really? It was a hell no. Yeah. Uh, it was 
Like, girl, what are you doing? Like, do not get trapped with this boy at work. If it goes south, it's going to be a mess. And I was new. But we're we're both in in broadcast. We started in radio, you know, different companies, different stations. Ended up both coming to Richmond um, at different times. Mm -hmm. Um, He had Mm -hmm. been there for about four years when I got there. And so the last year of his kind of career at that location, we, you know, bonded instantly as Mm -hmm. friends. We really were friends first. I know it sounds like really corny cliche, but like... I had not really experienced this type of, you know, I think a healthy relationship, like really being friends first, like legit friends, nothing else. And so, you know, we bonded over work and we bonded over both loving the radio industry and and loving media and we worked in sales. And so that's a hard Mm. gig. And so I was his little mentee, as he always puts it. I really was, you know, he was kind of mentoring me through this, Mm -hmm. my first year of, of being in radio sales and, you know, we just found solace in each other um, and, and wanting a lot of the same things came to career and the hustle and you know of course later you know other things like you know family and what's important and and all of that but it really was overwork but I'm just when I tell you I was like this that was not smart like what's Mm -hmm. wrong with you Um, I I want to be known by work ethic I don't want to be known for you know dating the boy next to your cube (laughs) exactly yeah and then you know the stipulations that come along with that you know being a brown woman yeah I didn't want to be that girl and it's already it's already so many things that people Mm -hmm. say about women trying to climb corporate ladders and all that all that other BS, like right? Out, so yeah, I get it. I definitely get it's it. It's like I don't yes. recommend. It was gonna have to work out. Listen, okay, it was I gotta have quit. To you gotta go. At I gotta go. Point, it's gotta work. <laughs> Listen, okay. or somebody gotta go. It was gonna have to work. Yes. It was going to yeah. have to work. That reminds me of that movie with Beyonce and it just Alba when she was his yes. secretary and she left. Remember? Yeah. So that that reminds me a little bit of that. So I'm glad y'all was able to keep your jobs, your coins, and your relationship. Okay. <laughs> <Listen>. <laughs> So you guys, when did you guys get married? So what year we was that? We got married in 2018, actually. So our wedding was in okay. 19. Okay. We got married in 2018. Gotcha. Um, so yeah. Okay. Okay. And so when you guys started trying to conceive, it was in 2017, yes. if I'm not at mistaken. At that point, I was like, we're okay. already engaged. And I was like, yeah. we're here. And I was yeah. just like, you know, hey, let's just get off birth control and see what happens. I didn't have mm-hmm, any... Mm-hmm you know, like preconceived thoughts about it. I didn't know of anything that was going to, you know, um, stall our, our planning. I I, I didn't know, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so I was like, you know, get off birth control. Girl, I had the whole Pinterest page set up. I was like, Ooh, I'm going to be pregnant by Christmas. So at that point I, I was like, okay, I was confident where we were, where we're going. And so, yeah, that was the start of it. And so, you know, the whole give it a year. Okay. No big deal. Right. Give it mm-hmm. a year, a full mm-hmm. 12 months. Cause we don't know otherwise. And that's where we were, you know, until 2018 went, we, we kind of got the, Hey, I think it's time to go see a specialist. And then, mm-hmm. you know, kind of got that, that stamp, like, infertile and it was like yes yes that hurt what's that mean what's next oh that's a that thing is something else so you you stated a second ago right that you got like that stamp like infertile and all that and so you also say on your own podcast uh you speak a lot about your own journey of course you know getting to know your listeners and such so you had fibroids and cysts, right? Yeah, fibroids. Did you get diagnosed at that point or before? So I knew about the fibroids um, previous. 
and the cyst was, I was actually the first thing was the cyst because I was having pain. This was years back, having pain and didn't know what it was and kind of let it linger for a little while. And then I couldn't, I like doubled over in the car driving. I was like, oh no, what's going on? And at that point, that's when I found out I had an ovarian cyst. And I got so large that it was kind of like twisting the ovary a little bit. And that was the pain that I felt. That happened first. And from there, the fibroids were obviously seen because I started getting internal ultrasounds, you know. And so that's when I was like, okay, you have, you know, reoccurring fibroids, multiple fibroids. No big deal in terms of, you know, nothing here is telling us that it'll have any effect on anything, that they're not super large. Um, they're manageable at this point. And so, you know, from there, but I always also had painful periods. And so I didn't know until I had surgery years later that I also had endometriosis. And so it was never brought to the table. It was never discussed. It was never even questioned. And so it was cyst, fibroids, and then block tube, surgery, endo kind of was kind of the order in which those things came about so yeah and I almost kind of feel like and and I don't know if you've seen or kind of felt the same way about those conditions with the fibroids and also your the endometriosis I kind of feel like fibroids are usually the black girl yep. thing and endometriosis is usually a white girl thing you know what I mean and so I don't I don't think that it that endometriosis is usually presented as an option for testing for a lot of black women in the beginning of you know trying to figure out what's going on with their body when they're saying that they're in pain and mostly because you can only find out if you had surgery and so you know a lot of times well i remember being told years ago you know don't get surgery don't get cut you know Mm -hmm. they go in there mess Mm -hmm. something up you know um and i think that's because for a long time Black women having these kind of elective, if you will, if you want to call it elective surgeries, were very risky and there weren't enough specialists to know what to do or, you know, how to heal. And so they were told things like, well, get a hysterectomy. It was like, Mm -hmm. why is that the only option that we're giving women of color Mm -hmm. when they have any type of issues in that space? And so I think for a lot of, um, you know, women, you know, moms, aunties, grandmas, whatever, it's kind of like, you know, don't get surgery. Don't don't have them go in there. Don't have them mess around with your productive stuff until you have kids. Wait till after you have kids. And I understood where they were coming from after doing some research after from what right. their perspective was. But I also knew that there were different methods now. Right. We have more, thank God, mm-hmm. technology and other options but it's really hard to diagnose. And I think another thing is that, you know, black women's pain is not as commonly taken seriously. We all have heard that. And we've probably all at one point in time felt that with some kind of medical doctor. Maybe it's not fertility, it's something you else. But, you know, our, yeah. our pain isn't taken as seriously. And so when you're telling them, no, but like, I can't go to work or like, I'm bleeding through pads, tampons, my, my pants. You're telling them, hey, I, I physically feel ill most of the month. Something's mm-hmm. not right there. And so it's like you yeah. have to find someone that advocates, you know, for for what you have going on. But it took what I was, I'm 33, almost 34. It took me until mm-hmm. 30 to be diagnosed with endometriosis because of a surgery. That wasn't even for that. So it happens 
<laughs> often and I keep hearing it more and more and more now that I'm in different spaces like we are in the podcast exactly, space or like exactly. following people like Indo Black which is a great organization following them it's yes, like wow yes. we're oh we out here it's it's real and I only just found them a year ago me too ago. last year okay last year I That's found it. them you know so but we're in this space and we're suffering and exactly. now we're all talking about it and it's wonderful but for some it's too late. Much too late. Much too late. And hysterectomy is the only way to heal or to go about some form of to healing. Cure, uh, unfortunately. Cure, if you will. Right. Yeah. And I heard the same thing from family when they say, don't get that surgery, girl. Make sure you have a kid first. Get a kid out first. Get married. And then you had that surgery, okay? Heard the same thing. But until my mother had to go through the fibroid thing. And then it became a whole different story. My mom was like, look. You don't necessarily have to let them take your whole uterus. Right. But if there's ever an issue, let them do what needs to be done. Because this pain, I wouldn't yeah. wish on anybody, you know. And of course we wouldn't. And so you get your, you coming out of surgery. And then they tell you about this endometriosis. Did you even know what endometriosis was? I'm going to be honest. Right. I had heard of it. But um, I think I mentioned before another podcast that my husband was the first one to mention that to me and say do you think you have this and i was like mm. i don't know because <laughs> he he has so you know how to be hubby went down the google rabbit hole all, he's been very good that. Like, he has gone down lots of google rabbit holes for me yes, and he'll bring up articles and, like share stuff he's yeah. a great but like he had saw oh. so many the tv ads for it so he was like okay that okay. sounds like you and i was like I mean, it does, (laughs) but I feel like at this point in my life, somebody would have mentioned it to me if I could have had it, right? Like, how come no one brought it up? And I've had great, I've had some great doctors, some great OBGYNs, a black female OBGYN has been fantastic, but she ain't never said, check this out or what you think about this. And so he, he brought it up. I kind of brushed it off at that point and kept, you know, kept moving forward. Um, But yeah, Mm -hmm. after the surgery, I mean, it made sense. It was just like, you know, it made so all these common symptoms made sense. I could check, you know, several off the list. And what they said was that the tubes, I had a block tube. And so okay. they had said like, you know, that tube on that side was just endo ridden. And so that mm. caused it to mm. be blocked. And it wasn't a case of being unblocked. They're like, you know, we're pretty sure this is not going to be an unblockable tube. So let's, let's take it out because mm-hmm. you don't need it. It's, it's, it could hamper, you know, verse, verse help. So let's take it out. When they went and they removed the tube, saw the endo, they were able to, I think, take away some of the other endo on the other side. Mm-hmm. But as we all know, with that disease, it's reoccurring. As we mentioned, unless you have surgery, and even with surgery, it tends to, and I mean, I haven't heard otherwise, it will come back. It's just what it is. It's a chronic illness or disease because there's no cure for it. Mm-hmm. It's going to come, come back. But it it made sense. And I think I was a little upset that mm-hmm. it hadn't come up sooner. I was mm-hmm. like, wow, mm-hmm. maybe I could have saved my tube. I only need one to naturally conceive. And I don't need either if I do IVF. So, yeah, it's not the end of the world. But in that moment, it kind of felt like it was. So I feel oh, like I lost yeah. a part of my reproductive system. And I was like, well, the other tube is now, it's, it's open, the other one, but we don't really know what kind of quality it is. And you really just don't know that until you start trying again. And so I kind of mm. went through being upset about it, being mad it wasn't brought up sooner. But then I was like reinvigorated to like start trying again. I know I had to, you know, heal and all of that, but I was like, okay, surely now mm-hmm. we got that out the way. 
remove some fibroids, mm-hmm. we ready to go. We cleaned up, <laughs> right? we, we clean, yeah. we cleaned up in here. We're, we're ready, ready to go. Ready. Yeah. And then yeah. we started doing IUIs and nothing was mm-hmm. happening. So that yeah. was frustrating and sad, you know. And you were doing medicated cycles, right? Yeah, I started with those. I think that's kind of everyone's like gateway drug is like Clomid. And yeah. um, what's the other one? I can't think of what the name of it is. I can't remember the uh, name but of it. But you know, Clomid is, is the most yeah, common yeah. one for everybody with any condition. Right, start yeah, with Clomid, sure. the other one. And then we said, well, you know, we, you shouldn't do too many of these medicated yeah. cycles. So that's when we went into surgery and then got out of that and came back. That was all 2019. And so I took a break. It was mm-hmm. good timing. I took a break. We had, you know, wedding coming up and all of that. So took my break, enjoyed yeah. the rest of my 2019. And when I came back in 2020, like ready to go, my doctor had retired and I had no idea. And I was like, mm. dang, dang. Yeah, start over again. <laughs> like, yeah. The audacity okay, to just me like me. this. And then How dare you me a letter. Me. Okay. I ain't get a letter, nothing. So I was like, well, congrats exactly. to him, whatever. But ended up getting a really amazing uh, female specialist and she's Wonderful. been great ever since so you know all things for yeah. a reason but she's been fantastic same practice but different doctor gotcha gotcha at least you can go to the yes. same building and that familiarity yeah. it helps all the staff and the nurses and such it yeah, helps it, does. it helps a lot when they know you they know your mm-hmm. protocol and such even if the doctor's yeah. still learning you know yeah. for sure for sure so at this point you're ready to go full speed gung-ho you and hubby are ready but i wanted to backtrack really quickly because you're a bonus mom yeah. too right yeah my daughter has two girls so that how did that play into your feelings of because you know a lot of times we just feel inadequate when we cannot conceive Absolutely. naturally and then you're having all these surgeries yeah. and you feel like god damn it, i'm just being a burden on this man and our, you know just everything yeah. you know and so i know that must have been really really difficult having wanting to give this gift yes. and you couldn't yes. in the way that you thought you were going to be able to, you know. So walk us through yeah. how you coped with being a bonus mom and going through this in the very beginning, in the shock of it all, you know. In those early moments, I wasn't coping. I wasn't. Um, okay. I was angry. I was sad. Mm-hmm. I was depressed. Um, anxiety was, you know, through the roof at all times. And like you said, you know, you want to be able to create life with the person who you chose to be with. And to feel like you aren't able to is hurtful as hell. Um, And, you know, for him to already have two children and for me to be trying so hard to do what came naturally in those situations was just hard. I was never ready for that feeling. And I told him later on the road, like, you know, I was not the best partner to you during that time. I wasn't the best, you know, nothing. I wasn't good for myself. I wasn't good for the girls. I... I remember there would be moments where they would be visiting on the weekend and I would just kind of shut myself off into like our bedroom Mm -hmm. because it was just an overwhelming sense that I just wasn't ready for. And it it wasn't fair to anyone. Fertility ain't fair. But, you know. (laughs) Shameless plug, you guys. Shameless plug. (laughs) But it was just, I wasn't ready for that feeling. I didn't know how hard it was going to hit me. I didn't know how negative I was going to feel towards towards it. Um, it was really hard. And so it took a lot to get through those early moments of just being in a really dark space. Mm-hmm. It, you know, therapy, of course, was involved. Uh, journaling was involved. Meditating. Praying differently. I've changed my prayer up a lot during these last four or five years. Mm-hmm. How I prayed, what I prayed mm-hmm. for. 
And it was just, it was just hard. And there's no way around it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I felt jealous and that's mm-hmm. a, a nasty feeling because it takes you down dark mm-hmm. holes. That That's where I was. I just... I couldn't have ever prepared for how that, how that made me feel. Yeah. And what was your breaking point where outside of your just talking and communicating with your spouse? Was there a specific moment where you were like, no, I can't. I just can't. This this can't be anymore. We got to do something different. I think I had a moment in therapy when I just really was like, I don't like how I mm-hmm. feel. Like, I don't want to feel angry towards you or towards your children. Mm-hmm. That's not right. You know, I don't want to feel depressed over the fact that I cannot or I'm not I have not been able to as yet mm-hmm. do mm-hmm. this I don't want to feel jealous I don't you know I, I didn't want to feel these really negative thoughts anymore yeah. you know because because that place was not a place that was going to even allow me I think to conceive to oh, be honest yeah, yeah. and I'm, I I know at the end of the day it's God's timing right mm-hmm. regardless um but I just felt like looking back, like, okay, well, how is God going to open up your mind, body, everything to prepare for conceiving when you are just in such an awful mental and physical space? And like, we know what stress can do to the body. Mm-hmm. And that's also what, what it was for me is that I knew that my anxiety and my stress was causing a physical reaction. Right, right. That mind-body connection, right? panic attacks. Yeah. Absolutely. And when you were having panic attacks... And when you feel like your body is kind of just, it just, I just felt unhealthy. Didn't feel like you were there, right? It's like you're looking at yourself from a different angle outside of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to be in that space anymore. And I don't think I can, my body can't take being in this space for too much longer. Like, you know, that, that's what it was for me. I want to, I want to be a different person that I am right now yeah. and I want to be you know who I'm supposed yeah. to be and this yeah, ain't you it. want to feel whole again completely yeah for sure I understand yeah. enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM sign up using code champion and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with BetMGM you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features live betting options and the best daily promotions in the business and with BetMGM at your fingertips every play and every game matters more than ever remember to use code champion and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotion promotional offer not available in washington dc at parker our purpose is simple We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. And so we'll go right back forward to when You've healed physically from the uh, procedures and such and getting the endometriosis diagnosis. And so you're ready and you're doing Clomid cycles and IUIs are being unsuccessful. So how many guys did you guys actually do before you stopped 
and decided that you were going to take that break from IUI. Yeah, so we did three in okay. 2020 and then I did one more in 2021. I don't know why. And I, I see a lot of women ask questions in like groups like, you know, how do you know when it's time to like transition right. or like stop? You know, because there's no number, right? You can do as many as exactly. you want to do. <laughs> if you're going to exactly. pay for it, they're going to take it, it and they're not going to turn you uh, away either. <laughs> yeah, you can do 10 if you want, right? And it's like, but what's the magic number? And there yeah, is none. Yeah. You know, there, there is none. There's, there's no magic number for any procedure that's going to unfortunately tell you at this point you should move yeah, on, yeah. right? Because there are women who have got pregnant on number one. I've seen women say, I got number nine, I got pregnant. There's no number. So, you know, but for me, I didn't know when I was going to know. I was worried about that. But I knew, I knew at the end of 2020, I still wanted to do one more. For whatever reason, Mm -hmm. it was just in my my brand. Let's do one more, one more, one more. And so I did one more and and, and obviously it was negative. And so... At that point, I knew I was ready to okay. stop doing this procedure. Yeah. But it was just something that you felt. Like, I felt like mm-hmm. it was time to move on. And so that's when we kind of went back to the drawing board. The doctor consult, let's kind of look at what an IVF plan could look mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. What are our odds? Once again, I'm faith-based, but, you know, on paper, what are our scientific odds mm-hmm. and, and all of that stuff? And so I was like, you know, hey, I think this gives us a really good chance. Yeah. That's when we said, okay, that, that's going to be our next step. And that was like probably the middle of 2020. Okay. But then get that little cost sheet, girl. I almost passed yeah. out. <laughs> it's a down payment on the house, <laughs> minimum. Okay. Okay. <laughs> minimum. Or a used yeah. car. Either Pay or. Cash. It's a whole heck of a lot of damn money. Okay. <laughs> it's a lot. And I think I was more sticker shocked than my husband was. Like he was like, I mean, yeah, but we gotta do what we gotta do. I'm like, I, I hear you. I'm there, yeah. right? Like I, I'm all mm-hmm. in. I'm not backtracking. But like I was just like. My brain had it wrapped around the fact that it was overwhelming. It was because in my mind, I was like, for sure, I thought, you know, IVF was like, you know, ten to twelve thousand dollars. And for someone in a different country, it might might be exactly. (laughs) But um, (laughs) you know, I'm just speaking from what I saw on paper and what you know I've seen. So you know, I thought that, and that's what it might cost for one cycle. And that was, I was like, okay, I thought that included like multiple cycles and multiple transfers and meds. And that's the all a number. That's no, the that's just the base That price. doesn't include your anesthesiologist, that's- which you pay diff- out separately every time there's an egg retrieval or transfer. It doesn't include your, your medication, like you said, and any other things you want to throw in it see where they insert the sperm directly into the to the egg like it doesn't include any of that stuff and it's um it's some bs (laughs) it's some bs (laughs) it's it's wild it's pretty wild to think about it It and so he was like yeah but you know when um you know when you make a large you know major purchase in your life that's what i said i hear you Here's the difference. If I go into the car dealership and I get a car for $25,000, i am walking out with a car, okay? In my hand, it's tangible. If I pay $25,000 for a procedure, I may or may not walk out with a baby mm-hmm. <laughs> in nine mm-hmm. months, right? Like I may or may not. I might, this is your, this is your opportunity. It's one more chance. And I think that's a common thing that if you're going into this journey, you have to understand mm-hmm. is that IVF does not guarantee you having a baby. 
At this point, nothing guarantees you having a baby um, or conceiving for that matter, yeah. right? Like we're not even sort of have that. We're, we're on the conception. We're trying to conceive it, uh, to in conceive. here. Yeah. And so I think that's something that when I used to think about IVF, I thought it was a guaranteed yeah. method. I had the same reaction. But it, yeah. it never was. Yeah. But the education wasn't there. I just assumed and thought, okay, well, mm-hmm. yeah, surely mm-hmm. that's it costs a lot because it works. Exactly. And that was my <laughs> so. same exact thought process in the beginning too, after an unsuccessful IU. And I was like, well, surely this ish is going to F and work because that's <laughs> what I'm about to kick out 20 G's. What is going on? Okay. Right. Listen, it is going to work. Right. It's going to work the first F and time doing it better. The, the first, first time. time. Okay. And we'll have extra embryos and they'll exactly. work every single time. Mm-hmm. And you know, Mm-mm. we'll have three kids in no Mm-mm. time. <laughs> listen, listen, and maybe I can knock it out with one swing and end up with twins or something like that. Like I was saying Period. all the things. So I, I understand. Period. I understand. Stand, stand. <laughs> and so how did you, I know you guys are moving into it in, in the midst of everything. So what was the, the, the point where you were like, all right, let's just do it. We're going to just write the check and we're going to. Forget about that. So, yeah. right, just forget about it. I knew I was going to do it regardless. Okay. I mean, it, it wasn't a question. It was just a matter of, you know, timing and then figuring yeah, it all out. Sure. Like, how you going to pay And then the it? schedule of your work with the appointments. All yeah, of that. Yeah, for sure. All of that. And I think, you know, for, I'm very lucky that in my career, my job, like, I have a good work schedule. They're aware of what I've been going through. And so it's been a blessing, honestly, to have that flexibility to move into appointments and all of that. So for me, that was a blessing. Another blessing was that we found out my job, my husband's jobs over the pandemic. And so leaving broadcast media, going into a different field, found out just on a whim, kind of like, because we were like, for sure, he doesn't have coverage. I know I don't have it. He don't have it either. Come to find out he mm. did. So on his new insurance plan, they did have a certain percent covered for fertility wonderful, treatments. And wonderful. so that was cool, but I wasn't under his plan. Right, okay. And fertility is not qualified as life-changing Exactly. Event. We had to wait until now mm-hmm. to switch over to new insurance, which is fine. It's like, you know, hey, if we don't get a large portion that's covered, yeah, say less, God. Worth the like, wait, we, right? We, we, we waited. Worth the wait. And so that was a huge blessing that came as an unexpected and him changing jobs, going through this transition, pandemic, life, figuring out how we're going to pay for it. All this happened. And then, boom, we got that information. So that was like a huge weight lifted off, knowing that in the coming year, that'd be able to be our plan. So as of now, I'm actually waiting to hear back from my clinic now, um, waiting to get, you know, new pricing mm-hmm. and figure out, you know, what's left right now, just waiting on that. And then, you know, looking to see when we can get started and how long is it going to take to get authorized and all of that good yeah. stuff. But send me any good advice, girl. Give me some <laughs> tips for <laughs> Just keep an open, look, I'll tell you this much. Keep an open mind through like the whole process of it. Just keep an open mind. And again, review all of your options and review them things one more time before you commit to any one way you know because there are some some things (laughs) like natural cycle that you can start with and then move into more invasive forms of art later down the road if it if it gets to that point and whoever your support system is girl hold on tight hold on very very for dear life for dear life like your life depends it and if they say they're going to be available make sure they mean that ish because it's going to take a lot of support depending on how it goes and at any moment anything can change that's why i say stay open Mm -hmm. because anything can change your body may not respond 
the way that the doctors anticipated based on your, your overall health. So it's it takes a lot of and you're already somebody self-motivated. So it takes a lot of self-healing and checking in with yourself and, yeah. and making sure yeah. you're okay. And when you're not okay, let your man know today ain't the day, babe, okay? Just give me a minute. <laughs> give me a minute, okay? It's, it's, so how are you feeling, though, moving into? I know you, you sound very excited, but also very cautiously optimistic, too. So tell us how you're feeling right now, you know, moving forward in the next yeah. days, even weeks, even, you know? Right. I think you said it. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic for sure, um, but I am excited. Good. I'm, you know, I think I've been on a break for a while. It's been yeah. nice. I mean, you know, it's been nice to get through the back half of 2021 and not be worried about appointments and shots and medication and monitoring and all of that. It's been nice to have this break, but I'm ready. Okay. I'm ready to to jump back in. Um, that's why I'm trying to get all the advice that I can yeah, for the, yeah. the IVF uh, cycle season because it's going to be different. Right. I, you know, this is a different, a different protocol, and so I know it's going to be the most grueling, mm-hmm. physically and emotionally and and mentally. And so, but I'm mm-hmm. ready. I'm ready to to jump back in. Um, I was like, like, hey y'all, mm-hmm. hello. I'm ready to get back. Like, you know, give me the info. I'm excited. I think you always have to have that. It's not doubt. But as just being that, that cautiousness, because you know how fragile these these journeys yeah. are when it comes. Like I said, every moment mm-hmm. can change the path of what's next. Mm-hmm. And when you haven't had success, mm-hmm. right, it's, you know, you're, you're always kind of just like keeping yourself level level because sure. you don't want to get too excited, but you also can't get too down. Yeah. You just got to yeah. be level. And as you mentioned, it's like take everything, you know, be open-minded and take, you know, each appointment for what it is. And that was really hard though. Like when you started IUIs, it was hard to take every appointment at face value because you're always like, but what's mm-hmm. next? But what's and next? You're always like ready or, to go. You know, the two, the two week wait, wait, I gotta wait for this goddamn t- period to start doing it. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> what's that what's that feel like is that is that a baby or is it a period was it like you know so you were always just worried about the next thing the next yeah. thing and then getting beside yourself because then you get if you get too excited next thing you know you're looking at um nursery items yeah child you ain't even pregnant yeah. yet or if you get too down you don't even want to look at that stuff you, know, you, don't, you can't pass the island target okay and we all love target we love a good target you can't right? be on you can't be on nope. social media you can't do, you don't you don't get out of bed, right? So it's that that happy medium of like just taking each appointment at face value and just focusing on that appointment. I love that because mm-hmm. either direction is just it can go either way a slippery slope, yeah. and it might be a fourth way that comes out of nowhere. So there's that, <laughs> but I love that always. because that's that's a great reminder for mindfulness. And mindfulness is not and always in the, a lot of people equate it to prayer and meditation and worship right mm-hmm. but it's much more than that mm-hmm. it's being mindful in the negative things that happen in life or things that are difficult like IVF and loss and adoption and all those things mm-hmm. right so I, I love that yeah. reminder that you gave everyone that you know just being mindful in that moment and dealing with that today and today only sometimes you know and, and not jumping yeah. too far ahead so I, that's that's great. I told you guys in the intro that Brittany has her own podcast as well called Fertility Ain't Fair. Yes, you heard that right. Ain't fair because it ain't. Ain't. Okay? <laughs> it ain't fair at all. It's it not. Ain't. Return it's to not. Sunday, right? 
So tell us about Retired. how why you I, well, I know why you started. So tell us why yeah. you started while you're still in the midst of it. I had to, right? <laughs> so I had to. I needed a space to just be. I needed a place to mm-hmm. vent. So it really started out as a private blog. Mm-hmm. And I just, all my thoughts are coming so fast. So instead of writing everything down, I was just typing stuff out. Um, and then from there, I was like, okay, let me hop on social media and start a page. You know, I didn't promote it. I didn't even connect my personal page with it. It was very separate. Mm-hmm. It was like, I just need a space that's my own little bubble that I can go to and, and connect with people and see what's going on and you know, join some groups and follow some things and just kind of have my own solace. And then um, I was like, well, you know what? Uh, I want to do a podcast. I'm a radio girl yeah, anyway. I, I'm a media. I love, you know, so it made sense. And I was like, I had been wrestling with God about really being transparent okay. because no one outside of like, count less than one hand knew I even had this brand and this page. Mm. And so when I decided to do the podcast, I was like, you know what? Now is the time to connect everything. And so I said, Hey, my first post kind of coming out the gate was like, I have a new podcast, but also here's my brand. Here's Mm -hmm. my page. And my girlfriends were like, how did, how the hell do we not know you had this going on? Not the journey per se, but how do we not know that you had all this content and that you had started a brand and that, you know, you had bought some like some merchandise, like what what the hell? And I was like, I wasn't ready. For sure. Sorry. Not sorry. I I wasn't Mm -hmm. ready. I wasn't, I wasn't ready to be that vulnerable because I knew at a drop of a dime, I could just be like breaking down. And so I had to get to the place where that still happens sometimes, but I had to get to the place where I was able to at least talk about my journey and then find others who were, you know, in the same community of space and definitely more women of color that were in the same space. And so it has been nothing short of a blessing meeting women like yourself and so many others who I can now reach back out to, not just for content, but for my own journey, my own healing, and my own like advice. And it has, I mean, when I tell you I had more girlfriends or girls I went to college with or like in different circles that reached out to me after that initial post, it was like, hey girl, me too, I see you. I said, really? You know, really? I had no idea. It just happened literally last night. Wow. Um, someone reached out to me from a social uh, org that we're in, an all-women's organization, and said, hey, I had no idea you were struggling with infertility. Mm-hmm. We had we did it for four years. We ended up having IVF to get our daughter. Did you know that? No. Had no idea. I've seen you for the last five years of my life in different settings and doing volunteer work. Had no idea. And so I have had more of those happen over the last almost a year podcast started last June. So, you know, over the last half a year than I ever could have imagined. I look back and just kind of laugh at my at wrestling with mm-hmm. being open and transparent, but it has been just amazing. Yeah, really- I mean, and it's just so much more common than you ever think. And my first whole season of the podcast were people mostly that I <clears throat> knew through either myself or a friend of a friend or couples that mm-hmm, we knew. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we had right, no idea. Right. So, and that just goes to show we amazing. don't talk enough about these types of things as girlfriends. That's it. As friends and That's as it. sisters, mothers, aunties yeah. and all that stuff. And so I resonate yeah. a lot with that, especially in brown communities. I think a lot of it comes from the fact that 
our voices are shunned for most of our lives. Like, girl, you know you can't say that. No, oh, girl, you know you can't do that. They're going to think you such That's and such private. and such and such and such. You know, and a lot of black families have that saying. And a lot of people of color in general that I know, they all have the yeah. same saying in a different way, in a different language. Like, what happens in the house stays in the goddamn house, the okay? House. And right. I think that we do ourselves a disservice because it becomes mental conditioning. And then we don't, until somebody comes out like you or I, we're like, hey, I got this thing called infertility. We're here. <laughs> we're here. <laughs> you know, then all of a sudden, everybody just comes out of the woodworks. Girl, yeah. you know, I did this and you know, auntie, such a, what you mean? Auntie, such a, what? Why nobody didn't tell me? out here thinking i'm alone you know alone. this yeah. is crazy yeah. you know and then you have people in the veter yeah. that are veterans in the space like your broken brown egg your fertility for color girls yes. and who else um sisters in laws with america erica mcafee hannah's hannah's uh, daughters Hannah. in atlanta that do the group meetups you know and before covid and stuff and a couple of other yeah. organizations that have been around more than three years, because I've only been around for two. And then we have Calais Stewart, who's a, a public figure who's now speaking a lot about it and the, and Eggs Over Easy. Yeah. When I found out yeah, about I Eggs Over it. Easy, I was like, shut up. When is it dropping? Right. I've been watching her for two right. years and she had it took her five. Yeah. She was in those yeah. trenches really hard. She was. Really, really hard. Yes. And I can only imagine what she had to do to, and, and we spoke actually. Yeah, I heard the episode that you did with her. I can only her. imagine yeah. Yeah. what she had to do to get to the point of convincing a network. You know what I mean? And thank God for OWN, you know, to, to accept that. I, I, would, I would love to know how many networks turned it down. All of them. You know? Clearly. Probably. Clearly all of them did. Yeah. <laughs> because OWN was yeah. the one who featured it and premiered it. Now everybody going to try to pick up the pieces, yeah. but... Yeah. Home was the one who premiered yeah. it and then you yeah. know you had her on the podcast and stuff which was fantastic I was glad somebody was able to do it and get in touch with creative and um she's getting so much exposure now which is amazing yeah. and so it's like I feel yeah. like now because she did that and Calais was a part of it and Keisha Napoleon and some other great yeah. media people Andrew like Day. yourself you know and, and coach Jesse and all that and so all this exposure yeah for organizations like the Tina Q. Cade Foundation and was yeah. on the documentary too. And then that the young couple who was still in the thick, I can't remember her name, but they're yes. public figures mm-hmm. too. Who was going through the whole yeah. Process. And yeah. you know, just getting all that exposure. So it's like, oh my gosh, this is phenomenal. I couldn't imagine six years ago yeah. before I had my son that we would be here today. So it's it's incredible what yeah. happens. It was it took a long time, but it was so very quick so yeah. very quick you know yeah. how things turned out and I'm just ecstatic that more brown women are Me being too. are being comfortable displaying their journeys and uh, that's why I was like yeah. I'm so glad Brittany said yes because you know oh my god no I, look I'm glad we connected <laughs> I'm so glad we connected and you already know you up next to mine so yes just, oh you know I gotta get myself you let me get on that I got to get on I it know you I got to get on it <laughs> I got my dates mixed up coming, yes I got my dates mixed up when you guys went yeah. away and I was like oh shoot she did have that note yes. in there about that. I was like oh but yeah we're gonna get it together and we out here in these fertility streets as Kelly would say we, we here. here. We are here for you guys, uh, no matter yeah. race, creed, nationality, religion, all those things. And so Fertility Ain't Fair is also a very diverse podcast. And I'm sure that if you guys listen, you will really, really love it. And you cannot miss the artwork. It's beautiful. It's vibrant and colorful. You can't miss it. And you can't miss it on well, social you. media either. 
fertility ain't fair make sure you guys connect with Brittany. keep up with her and her yes. story through the pod and through her instagram and whatever else she chooses to do for advocacy so anything else you want to say to the friends Brittany, before we go ah to, yeah. to stay hopeful that's all i can say i mean i'm stay, i'm keeping it you know i'm staying hopeful just stay hopeful i, I use that as my kind of in line after every podcast just stay hopeful I and mean, I, I really want to say to the younger girls we're here for you yeah. we ran so you can walk what is i it? don't remember i'm getting <laughs> so, old girl i forgot lord oh god something, something good i was like oh child yeah here we go and know your facility um, status too yeah. Know your fertility status. Get yourself checked. Do not have any OBG tell you they cannot do that for you. You can check how many your egg reserve. You can check your tubes. You can check for fibroids. And you can yeah. check for these things. So please, I think sooner than later, it's not always exactly. about having kids. And I think that's where and we can go to a whole rabbit hole back. That's episode. where I think it gets it gets um yeah. muddy is that we've connected fertility and our, our women's health with just having children. Mm-hmm. It's not just about that. It's about having options. It's about knowing what's going on in your body. It's about just having the education mm-hmm. earlier so you're able to either correct things or, or, or find out things or remedy things um, if possible. And just to know, as you mentioned, your fertility yeah. status. So even if you're like, girl, I have kids in the next 10 years, mm-hmm. that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's fine. This is more than just about having a child. So know your status, feel empowered to know what's going on in your body and advocate for yourself until someone listens. And to piggyback off of Brittany, also there's always a shortage of black and brown people donating eggs and such like that. So if you know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody that you think would be willing to do that, uh, I encourage people to do that too. Ooh, I've had discussions with, because it's like once you start talking about medical stuff, it's like the universe and God just bring people to you, right? And so I've had conversations no, with young women, Absolutely. like if there's ever a time where you feel like you want to give back and you're looking for a way that's kind of slightly unconventional, consider get, donating eggs so that black and brown women will have options and have more options for having children that are, you know, with the epigenetics and all that, that's background of embryo adoption and such. And doing things like that and black men encouraging them um, if they feel up to it and are healthy to donate sperm because it's lacking and there's more people yeah. of color seeking ART. And so it's going to be more necessary, too. So it's been a pleasure, Brittany, girl. Thank you. Oh, pleasure's all mine. Thank you. And thank you, friends, for tuning in to another episode of Infertility and Me podcast. Y'all know where to find me. Peace and blessings. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. 
We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.